Welcome. I'm Michael McDonnell. I am the cybersecurity librarian, and I don't know how to do an intro even after over a dozen episodes. This is my co-host, Moro Arakaki. I don't hear you, Moro. Yeah, can I can now? hear you. Ah, uh, there we go. See, look at that. <laughs> oh man, this is great. Bloopers reel material. <laughs> you know this this whole like uh, every two week schedule. We forget how to do this. Oh, I know, I know. This is <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We we only really do this for fun. If we were professionals, oh man, I don't know what we'd be doing. <laughs> I I'm a professional. Look, I have lights. <laughs> that's true. It's that's, my that's Halloween true. theme. <laughs> it's October. Oh, so, oh, man. Okay. So before we start, it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month, uh, which is cool. Um, I've already done one talk. I'm doing another one uh, next week. Um, this show doesn't have a Cybersecurity Awareness Month thing, but the other talk I'm doing, they're playing up a Halloween theme and it's in, in 15 years of doing cybersecurity awareness month. I've never clued in that it leads up to Halloween. <laughs> so my, my other talk uh, is, uh, is the cybersecurity monster manual defeating things that go hack in the night because it's a, <laughs> because they're doing a Halloween theme. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So now, like for October, I'm doing orange instead of sweet. Yeah. Instead of the standard Twitch streamer purple. There we go. <laughs> oh, anyways. Hey, so more. Uh, this is uh, part two of the mentorship stream that uh, that's right. You've been planning for a really long time. So tell us what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if. For all of you that were watching the last time, I had my friend Patty on kind of talking about mentorship and, you know, some of the things that she's been involved in, in terms of helping people, I'm going to say not just rise to the occasion, but kind of take that next step in their career. And today we're continuing with that talk and we were fortunate enough to find someone who is a part of an organization here in Calgary that matches mentors with mentees. So we're going to bring her on, uh, let her introduce herself. We're going to go into the discussion of, you know, what her organization does and some of the things that she's experienced as a mentor. And hopefully for some of you that are in the audience that have any questions about how to find a mentor or what a mentorship program might mean, 
we'll have the chance to ask uh, our our, uh, our guests. So I'm super excited. Uh, again, you know, this is a topic that I think Michael and I definitely find very intriguing, very passionate about, because we feel that, you know, a lot of people out there are probably stuck in that, you know, rut of figuring out what do they want to do and how do they get there. And we feel that mentorship is one of those things that can definitely help you progress, uh, you know, not just in your professional career, but maybe even on a personal level. So, so I'm also excited about this because, um, you know, it uh, doesn't matter if it's about mentorship, about other professional development issues. I think our most successful and helpful live streams have been when we bring someone who is not from IT or cybersecurity in. And, you know, Patty was sort of a person who bridged that gap throughout her career, but we've had um, a disproportionate number of HR professionals. And what really excites me tonight is that this is someone who's doing uh, mentorship for uh, business communication professionals. Um, I was just at the Financial Services ISAC Summit this week. Oh, no, sorry. Different summit. ISAC a summit. Uh just uh, in the past week. Um, and the best talk I heard was actually from someone who is a communications professional who does crisis communications. Uh, and so on the one hand, our guest tonight is outside our profession, but you know what? Not really. It's, it's actually, it's actually dead center for, for the kinds of things we do. Uh, so anyways, you know what? Let's uh, bring Kristen on. Hey, Kristen. Hey, guys. I, can, you, can you hear me? Yes. We can. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that was really nice of you. I was having technical difficulties with my mic before, so I appreciate you both making me feel a little more comfortable with, with your with your mutage. Yes, that's exactly why we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sure. No, we, we, we appreciate you coming on. So, uh, and, and, you know, helping us uh, cover this topic. So um, I guess just to kick it off, if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Great. And, yeah. uh, describe so, what you do. Awesome. So um, I am a communications professional myself. And my name is Kristen McVeigh. And um, so I work with the IABC Calgary in Calgary, uh, which is the International Association of Business Communicators, as you mentioned. And so I've been actually volunteering with the mentorship program and having participated in the mentorship program in Calgary for the last few years. But this year I was really excited to join the board um, and, and to organize the program from that capacity. So I'm really passionate about mentorship as well and have been lucky to see how it's impacted some people in our community and, and heard lots of great stories about it. So I'm I'm really excited to, to chat about it today and hopefully it's helpful for some some people watching. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for the uh, the intro. So, yeah. uh, Michael, I, th I think this is probably a topic about mentorship in general, and uh, you know, may maybe even amongst us three, kind of describe what you know certain aspects of mentorship have done uh, before we dive into you know uh, getting to know what Kristen's organization does and how, how they go about uh, helping helping people match uh, mentors with mentees. So, um, you know what, I'll start since I'm the one that brought this thing uh, up. 
I'll say, uh, you know, over over career, I've been fortunate enough, I think, to have more or less informal mentors. So people that might have helped me along my career path at certain strategic points in my life. Uh, I do know that uh, at one point in my life, I uh, signed up for a mentorship program. Uh, it wasn't a one-to-one mentorship, though. It was more like a course-style mentorship, if you if you could call it that. So I would have correspondence. Uh, they would send me material, and then you know they would help me focus on my goals, writing my goals, achieving my goals, and then following up on that. So it was a little bit more long distance, and it wasn't you know like a one-to-one type thing. And uh, although I will say this much, for as expensive as I thought it was at the time, and almost probably a waste of money in my mind. Uh, I did get one thing out of it. And the one thing I did get out of it was that it's very important to have goals. It's very important to write the goals down. It's also very important to follow up on how far you've progressed in your goals. So again, you know, I, it was probably not the right style of mentorship for me at the time, but needless to say, I did come out of it thinking afterwards that actually it was, it was pretty good. So. Great. Uh, so, oh, okay, so with that in mind, I'm going to ask you, Kristen, <laughs> or have, how have you, like, have you had mentors throughout your career, your life? Uh, how have they affected you? And in terms of your career, uh, how, how have they helped you? Yeah, so um, I have, I'm kind of the opposite of you in that my first kind of formal experience with mentor was through the program. Um, okay. and, and so, I actually, it was kind of a weird way that came around. I was at, at work, they were launching a mentorship program in, in my like actual workplace. And I, my boss actually at the time suggested that I maybe um, instead of going through the workplace, go through uh, the IABC just because it was a, baby, a bit more focused on um, my, my area. And so um, that actually led me to actually joining IABC in general. And the first mentor that I had, um, I met her through that program and basically it's a, a huge part of how I became on the board and where I am now, but also I still, you know, it was a very, it was, it, the program is, we can get into it a little bit later, but it's a set program. It's, it doesn't last much more than a year, but I still will reach out to her um, if I'm experiencing something or, or, need, or maybe need some advice or have some uh, growth opportunities or those kinds of things. And so it's something that, you know, is kind of like in, in your back pocket, a toolkit um, that you can access at any time. So I, I found it to be really, really helpful for sure. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So in spec though, I guess, uh, and we'll go into it and I'll, I'll touch on something that Patty mentioned. So sure. a mentor wasn't really there to like, you know, network with, right? Like, so they weren't there so that you could leverage their network. Uh, they weren't there to basically say, oh, use my resources and then, you know, get ahead. Sure. Uh, it was more, it was more there, more or less there. They were there to help you with guidance. They were mm -hmm. maybe some motivation, uh, but at the same time, kind of keep you on track for, you know, what goals that you, you had intended to try and achieve. Right. So. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that is a pitfall that I think something that you might not think as a mentee is that it's a very active role. You're not going to someone and they're going to, you know, impart their wisdom. I think to get what you need to get out of a mentorship, as you mentioned, Moro, you really have to understand why you're seeking a mentor in the first place, but also have a really active role in that. You know, if you're looking for a job, it's not, you know, using their contacts 
to get that job. It's how how can they help you to take actions for you, you know, to take that next step to get the job or the promotion or the skill that you're kind of looking for. For sure, for sure. Okay, Michael. So uh, I guess you know, to you, would like to hear your story about uh, mentorship. Um. So, you know, uh, when I started my career, um, I really felt like um, I was on my own. And, and like many people in IT and cybersecurity, I was uh, self-taught, um, took pride in that, that aspect. Um, the, the concept of mentorship was completely foreign. And in fact, I think I wouldn't have accepted it um, if I or recognized it if I saw it. Um, but about it's about ten years into my career, I was in a job, uh, my first uh, full-time cybersecurity job, and I had a whole lot of things I wanted to accomplish, but I realized I couldn't do them on my own, and um, I would, it, you know, the things I wanted to accomplish could only be done by a team. And I looked around and I looked at my coworkers and I thought, well. Um, they're not interested in what I'm doing and they've got their own things. Some of them are um, not motivated. Uh, some of them aren't interested. And I went down the path of what we would call peer mentorship. So I realized I needed to take an interest in um, everyone on my team. Um, and their development, their interests, what they wanted to be excellent at, and then help them with that. And before you know it, uh, I'm helping with people with things that aren't related to specifically to my goals, but I'm helping them get better and they're taking an interest in what I'm doing. And that was my first experience with mentorship where it was a group that every single day helped each other be a little bit better at what they were doing. And then whenever we had a common goal, we were a high performing team. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until um, a few years later that I reflected and realized, why have I not had mentors in that traditional sense and realized other professions had um, a history with mentorship? It was normal, but that in IT, in security, this was foreign to us and that we needed to start doing that. And that was actually also the point at which I realized I was a professional, not just a practitioner, not just a technical person, that there was something more and that this was true of all the people around me as well. It was it was the, the concept of starting to think about what mentorship could be was fundamental to me um, uh, succeeding in my career. Okay. Yeah, no. And, uh, and that, you know what, that's, that dives into like a really good topic in terms of uh, what, what does mentorship mean? Um, and I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, an anecdote, I guess. Uh, and I did mention it in the other live stream is that, you know, I think, and I feel that mentorship actually in North America is almost a, a forgot a forgotten art, uh, you see in other cultures. And again, you know, since, my parents are Japanese. I have a Japanese background. Uh, you take a look at Japan, for example. Mentorship is still pretty strongly ingrained in the society there. Uh, you know, all the way, you know, starting from as early as uh, grade school, 
there's this concept of, you know, uh, someone that's, uh, I guess, an upperclassman. And uh, the idea is that, you know, that upperclassman will look out for the person, you know, that's a grade lower or whatnot. And it permeates throughout, you know, grade school, uh, all the way into university and post-secondary education, all the way into the workforce. There's this whole concept and they call it a senpai or like uh, the person below, you're just a brand new guy or or gal. Uh, you'd be the kohai and the senpai would be the uh, person that's above you that has more experience. And you could go to the senpai for advice uh, on almost virtually anything work related, sometimes even personal, personal related. So I feel like, you know, that's something that our culture doesn't really embrace uh, anymore. And it's a lost art. And it's unfortunate because really, I feel like, you know, current generations are kind of lost and they don't really know how to, how to proceed forward. So uh, that's my anecdote about mentorship. So I'm going to ask that question to Kristen, who is obviously had experience being a mentor and a mentee uh, to kind of describe her take on what mentorship really means. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think that's a really interesting point. So for, in a very basic way, I think a mentorship is is a professional typical relation, typically relationship between someone who has more time or skill in a particular area. So that's, you know, kind of your very um, basic definition of it. But I think that was a really interesting point you made, Moro. And um, we had one of our pairs last year write a really great article. Um, kind of summarizing their experience just to let people know what it was about. But I think um, that vulnerability is a really big part of it as well. Um, and it's actually a vulnerability on the part of the mentor and the mentee, because as a mentee, you're saying, and like you said, it's a bit of a lost art, you know, not that you need, I mean, we all need help, not necessarily that you need help, but that, you know, there's things I can learn, you know, and we're also, especially at work, we're taught to be so confident or, you know, um, that maybe it's wrong to say I'm not totally sure about that. So there's definitely a vulnerability on the part of the mentee, but also the mentor. So, again, going back to that article, the mentor actually mentioned kind of that whole imposter syndrome thing where it's like, am I? And again, kind of what Michael was saying, you know, I'm in a place now where I could be a mentor. Um, and that there, there's a thing, where, there's a, an aspect of that that's also very vulnerable because you're putting yourself in maybe that that professional role as well. So I think it's a really interesting um, concept, mentorship, um, in that, you know, it's a technical skill. It's, you know, I want to learn how to do such and such or, or something like that. But it's also a very personal journey of um, opening yourself up to someone. Trust is a really important part. And you're not going to get anything out of that relationship unless you're able to say, you know what, I need help in this area and, and to be fairly vulnerable with, with somebody as well. Okay. So with, with that in mind, then I guess, what would you say like a person should kind of try to ask themselves, are, are they really ready for a mentor? Like what are, what are some of the things that they should consider? I mean, obviously, you know, uh, being a bit more vulnerable and I think, you know, vulnerability is a good thing in some ways because I think it also displays, you know, genuine genuineness, right, and honesty about, you know, how how you are or how you feel or your perception and how others perceive you. So I guess my question is, what 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 should like someone, you know, who's possibly looking at a mentorship relationship as a mentee, mm -hmm. what 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 should they be asking themselves? Like, is it like, 
you know, are there any specific things that they should be thinking about before they kind of say, okay, yeah, I think I'm ready for a mentor. Yeah, for sure. So I, the first time to be quite honest, which I don't know if it was the right approach. When I first went into the mentorship program, it was offered to me and I kind of said, well, why wouldn't I want to do that? Um, which, you know, is a starting point. But I think too, like you said, I think having a goal in mind is a really good way to do it because it really can help structure what you're looking for. And so I think it's interesting because mentorship can be some, we were talking about this earlier, it can be someone within your field, you know, I want to learn more. And, and as you mentioned with IT, as well as in communications, you know, sometimes you're Sometimes you might have a really great team with you and a really great boss, and sometimes you're the only person with that role on your team. And so it's important to um, that you're maybe looking to get some mentorship help within your realm. But maybe it's also I, a really good friend of mine. I was chatting with her, you know, in preparation for this uh, conversation that we're having. She, uh, in her workplace, works in oil and gas, and um, was looking to maybe grow some of her leadership skills and and through a network at work actually reached out to someone who was in a more leadership position and completely unrelated fields, but she was actually looking to improve her leadership skills. So I think having an idea of where you're wanting to go in your career will really help you um, if you're looking to do mentorship because it's really gonna inform what you're looking for. You know, um, you know we have a very formal process, um, which is to sign up for it, which kind of forces you to do that a little bit. But I think in anyone's life, you have to ask yourself, you know, what am I looking to do next? Maybe it's a skill, maybe you're looking for a job. And I think that would really inform the kind of mentor that you're looking for. So to have some clarity for yourself, I think would be really important. Okay. So, um, okay. Rob has a great question here. Okay. And I think, you know, in our last live stream on mentorship, we, we got into this a bit. Um, one of our former guests on our very first live stream talked about how he had actually hired a series of mentors. Mm -hmm. um, Kristen, uh, is anything lost in a mentorship relationship when it's, when it's transactional or when it's a paid mentorship? Hmm. That's a really interesting question. So, I mean, so for, for IABC Calgary, it's not a paid uh relationship it's but you do have to be a member to um to be part of the program so there is a fee associated with that but then you get whatever other benefits um there's other benefits in terms of events and networking and that kind of thing um in terms of losing the integrity of it being transactional i'm going to assume that if you um that if you're paying for okay i'm just going to preface this with i have not um had a lot of experience with a paid mentorship program that where you're paying a direct mentor but i would hope that if you did your research looking into that program and um they would be offering a service that you wouldn't have been able to get on your own and that you'd hopefully be getting access to some really um, high quality mentors who really know what they're doing and so i i, I think that would be completely up to you if, if you felt like you were getting the value out of that and just making sure that you were looking into why am I, why am I paying more for this? If, you know, like we talked, like Mauro mentioned, you know, a, a lot of times you have, um, you might be able to build a relationship in your life or reach out to somebody. And so I would just make sure that if you're paying for that service, that 
um, that you're you're getting that added value that you wouldn't be able to get on your own. Yeah. Um, uh, just, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be speaking for someone who's not here, for sure. um, one of our previous guests, but um, so a uh, friend of the show, Neil, speaks really highly of paid mentorships, but, uh, and again, I'm speaking for him and he might disagree. The things he highlighted were yeah. actually the goal setting. Yeah. You know, and um, I think it doesn't matter whether it's paid or not, but that's, and, and, you know, the funny thing is to me, I never thought about mentorship being about having uh, someone explicitly helping you with uh, goals in a structured way. Mm-hmm. But for Neil, that really helped his career mm. in the, in the program that you offer, mm-hmm. what's the nature of the structure? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So we have a we have a fairly structured program in the way that it's set up. So people actually apply to the program, and we're in the in that process right now. Our our uh, applications close on Sunday, and we actually have I have a, we have a volunteer on the program who's been doing it for years, and she actually takes all the mentors and all the mentees and based on different criteria that they've set forth, actually pairs you with who she who she sees as good pairs, but just based on the criteria. Um, and then we have a very formal, everyone gets together at the beginning and we have kind of an introduction. We have a package that we give people that kind of gives them tips about mentorship and we give them an opportunity to set goals. Now, in terms of what you're talking about a little bit about um, the goal setting, that's a little bit more formal with informal, sorry, with the, within the pairs themselves. We've had people who have, you know, these are my three goals and this is how we're obtaining them and this is how often we're meeting and, and some people are more comfortable with that structure. Um, and other people have a little bit more of a, a loose structure, but generally we just say that people are to meet at least for an hour every month um, for that period. And so it's really however they choose to make that time work best for them. We've had, you know, people who are are wanting to get together in a really formal basis. It's an hour and we're discussing our goals and some people have really built, you know, really, uh, and some people have more, you know, not more fun with it, but, you know, it might be a bit more of a, an informal meetup where it's just, you know, I'm having this issue at work. I'd like to talk it through or, or whatever that is. So um, we don't um, designate that specifically, but I can completely understand where that formal process would work really well um, for certain people, especially if you have a really specific goal you're trying to obtain. That's interesting because, you know, in Neil's, he did, he was very, very focused on career development goals. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Lisa, mm-hmm. um, it's just brought up a topic that um, th- this one blows me away. And I know Lisa and I have talked about this before. So she said, uh, everyone needs a board that is a collection of mentors who bring different skill sets and meet different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on this or how to, how to do it? For sure. Yeah. I actually, I had a chat with someone not too long ago who is a business owner and, and that's how they structured uh, a lot of their, insights when they were starting that business was that they actually collected uh, a whole group of people that they would refer to and and that's how they chose to go about I thought it was a really interesting process because I'd only ever seen you know you have we have people who enter the mentorship program multiple times 
and they will get a new mentor every time. But in terms of having multiple mentors, and I, I mean, I, I think it's a really interesting idea, you know, and kind of what we were talking about before, different mentors um, might be for different purposes. But if you have a lot of goals at the same time, it, it would definitely be beneficial to have people of different skills that you could refer to at any time. Now, in terms of building that up, I thought that would be interesting. I think you'd have to like look at your networks and really kind of pinpoint what, again, what you were looking for, but maybe on a larger scale, you know, is it a, if you're doing a business, is it an economic, is it a career development, is it leadership, and maybe start working from there. Okay. Okay. So I, I guess going kind of back a little bit. So we kind of talked a little bit about sort of the expectations from the mentee. So we kind of have an idea of what we expect, but what do we expect as, as a mentor, I guess, you know, um, like mentees looking for some sort of guidance. We understand that, but as a mentor, what, what do you get out of it? Like what, what, you know, as a mentor, what do you expect the mentee to, to do? For sure. So the way that we structure our program is very much, as I mentioned, very mentee led. So our expectation within the program is that um, if you're the mentors do get a lot out of the program as well. But at, at the end of the day, they are giving kind of their time and their expertise to somebody. And so they're in a bit more of a volunteer position uh, than the mentee. And so our expectation within the program is that and I, and I think this would be this would also work especially in an informal situation if you were hoping to get something out of someone in a, maybe an informal setting in your day-to-day -day life or your workplace i think for you to make it as easy as possible for the mentor is probably your best bet because really they're giving you their time and expertise and um and so we always say and so we always say that really the mentee should be um in charge of kind of maybe uh, setting up the meetings and being prepared with what they're looking for. And financially it's it's even. So no, I think that's really important. Sorry, not in terms of the paid mentorship which we were chatting about, but within our program, it, you know, no one should feel like they have to buy coffee for the other person. So that aspect of it is really off the table. Um, <laughs> And then in terms of the mentor, I think it's the expectation of the mentor is really just, you know, um, am I able to offer this person what they're looking for and to, and to come in with as open uh, a heart and, and mind as possible to make sure that, that they're able to deliver um, what they're looking for. And I think trust too, just making, I think trust is really important on both sides, but um, especially when a, a mentee is interesting, you know, maybe you know, if it's technical skills, that's one thing. But if I'm entrusting you as well with um, really personal information about my workplace, am I struggling with my employer or am I struggling with some of my colleagues? I think as a mentor, it's really important that you, you know, build trust with that person because uh, I, I think it's impossible to have a good mentorship relationship without that trust element. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So actually kind of dive a bit into it. So as sure. a mentor, though, like, uh, you know, I know you kind of mentioned lately, you know, you get something out of it as a mentor. Yeah. I'm kind yeah. of curious uh, from your personal experience. Yeah. Uh, or any, you know, time where you felt like, oh, wow, my mentee just did so awesome. Or, you know, maybe they gave me like some inspiration to do something else 
or right. look into something further? Was was there ever a time you yeah. you had that moment, that aha moment? Oh, I, I I I'm getting rewarded for all this you know effort I've I've put <laughs> forth to to help someone else out. Yeah, so I'm I'm just trying to think. I've never I've not formally participated in our program as a mentor. I'm just trying to think back about uh, if I've had a moment of that. I I I we do a lot of looking back and and having people reflect on their experiences and and write about that. And I do think that, um, I think thinking about things differently is maybe the number one thing, number one comment that I've gotten because, you know, you can be in a field for many years and, um, and maybe think about things in a certain way. And, and the number one comment that I've gotten is that, you know that that person has made someone think about something in a, in a different way than they thought before, and we and I and I know that some of our mentors get a lot out of it because I I um, as I mentioned, a lot of people will come back, and we have a lot of returning mentors who come back to the program many years as well. So I know that the mentees are getting a lot out of the program, but the mentors also see a lot of value in it, and and it feels good, you know, as well, just to to know that. Because it, like I, I mentioned, it is a volunteer. Um, it really is a volunteer job for them as well. So it's um, a really nice way to also feel like you're giving back. Yeah, I know for sure. I think that's actually quite important in any uh, any career setting mm-hmm. uh, is to to try and give back, right? And I think you know uh, some some of this live stream actually uh, was born from that idea and that conversation that Michael had, Michael yep. and I had, that you know we want to you know. We want to help our friends, especially the ones that are kind of struggling to find work and or, you know, progress further in their careers. And mm-hmm. you know, with all the uh, collective knowledge that, you know, we have between just not just the two of us, but in our in our in our group of friends and mm-hmm. try and share that with uh, other people uh, that might be struggling or in the same position as well. So hopefully they're watching this live stream and, you know, learning some uh, some cool stuff about mentorship and they'll, they'll definitely consider it. So, there, yeah, there's a there's a comment I really want to um make in that regard. Um, so years ago, I used to give this um, guest talk at SAIT, mm-hmm. uh, technical school to the IT graduates. And I'd go and talk about the career paths in cybersecurity. So why would someone do that? Um, uh, I would do it because I looked and I, uh, there was two motivations. And one was, um, you know what, in IT and cybersecurity, there are certain things in our profession that are toxic. And I looked at it and I said, I would like to have better and cooler coworkers. And I'm not going to find those cooler coworkers unless I encourage them to come over to cybersecurity. (laughs) So I would go out and I would uh, do a presentation that would literally present a whole lot of different views of, do you see yourself in this person in this career? please come to cybersecurity. You're the kind of person I want to be a coworker with. And if you are the kind of coworker I wanted to have and you didn't come to cybersecurity, I just lost. And so it is simultaneously self-motivated, but not. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it was, um, I, there, you know, there's, um, it took so many, the story I hear from everyone in IT and cybersecurity is it takes so long to get into the career. And in cybersecurity, we have this problem where um, 
unless you have five years experience, you can't get a job in cybersecurity. And even then it's entry level. Mm. And I thought this is nonsense. You can graduate from an education program and then begin to participate as a practitioner and then evolve into a professional. You can, but someone has to take the effort to guide you, to look at what you want to do, to see what you're good at and help you be excellent at it. And then, so my involvement in those programs was basically, I don't want people to have to take 10, 15 years to become a professional in cybersecurity. This is nonsense. Other professionals don't work that way. Engineers graduate from engineering school, then they become a PNG after a given number of years. It's pretty much set up. We don't do that. And I thought, no, we got to. And the starting point is mentorship. Mm. Oh, that's a good point, Michael. Uh, and I agree. So actually that kind of bridges us into the, into the next question about students and new grads. Uh, would mentorship really help for them? I think, I think a resounding yes, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious to hear even in the communication field, whether or not that's, that's so much, uh, true or not. Uh, Kristen. Yeah, for sure. We, um, we've actually kind of, um, been piloting last year, we actually piloted for the first time having, um, students enter the mentorship program just in a, in the full capacity um, with the mentorship. It started actually a little bit uh, in a shorter capacity, um, but we this year have opened it up to all students. And I've spoken to some chapters, um, you know, there's chapters of IABC all across Canada. And I was speaking to one of my colleagues in Edmonton and they completely opened their program up to, to students as well. And they've found a lot of success with it. And of course the conversations are gonna be a little bit different. But I think it's like you mentioned, it's really important because um, you get out of school and you have those issues. <laughs> the same thing in communications, right? You know, how do you get that experience when you can't get a job because you don't have experience, all that, that kind of old story. And so I think having someone in the industry who can help you with, and you know, maybe it's building your resume or giving you some advice about how to network or even to volunteer. I think that a, a student, as you mentioned, could benefit as much, if not more, um, than someone working in their career. And so we are super welcome to having students in the program as well. And I think um, they've gotten a lot of the, out of the program. In fact, I believe one of our students from last year has rejoined the program again this year. So I think, oh, awesome. yeah. So um, yeah, absolutely. I think st student student mentorship is is a really great opportunity. Oh, nice. So. I'm 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 suddenly curious. Um, uh, would you say that um, like mentorship is uh, a well-established practice for communication professionals, or is it something that your society does because you see a need to encourage it? Um, like where in the history, uh, you know, communication as a profession. Um, I mean, I think you're in the same boat where, you know, we've got accountants and engineers and doctors mm -hmm. who are all the established ones, but then there's the communications people and the IT people and the records managers and yeah. we're, we're all new professions. For sure. I know I, when I was in school, in high school or anything, I, I love my job and I think it's awesome. And I didn't even know it was a job. You know, it wasn't one of those ones on the list that you learn about. Um, and so yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with that. I, um, 
our, our program is not a new program uh, at, at IABC. Um, but I think, as I kind of mentioned, there's a lot of people who end up in a role where they might be the only communicator in that company or some people are still, you know, recognizing, like you said, it's some, some aspects of it are new, like, you know, social media or, or those types of things. And to, it can be difficult to maybe sometimes convince your employer or your, uh, um, the higher president or whoever of the company uh, of your value um, because it is newer in some, in some respects. And so I think that's a, an excellent point. And, uh, and so I think that is needed for sure. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I also want to throw out another um, random question. <laughs> yeah. So I was, uh, I was attending a conference talk today. Mm -hmm. um, I love COVID for all the conferences being virtual. Yeah. I could see so many things I couldn't before. Uh, and so this, uh, this talk was about how do you recruit and retain uh, talent for millennials? And it was specific to cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And one of the thoughts they had is they say, um, uh, I don't think this is restricted to millennials, but that was their focus. Yeah. Is they're like, well, uh, millennials want to work for a company or in a role where they feel they make a difference. Mm -hmm. And they suggested uh, encouraging reverse mentorship mm. where the millennials then have uh, a supportive or coaching role into uh, other non-millennial employees, giving them that ability, even if the other aspects of their job don't do that. And one of the examples was one you just used, like uh, mm -hmm. social media, communication stuff, um, use of mobile technology. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I mean... I'm looking for a reaction either from you, Kristen, or from Moro. Um, <laughs> I'm just throwing this one out there. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think role reversal is not a bad thing to try. Uh, you, you never know, right? I mean, I feel like I'm somewhere in between, right? Uh, do I use a whole lot of social media? I pretty much have reserved myself to LinkedIn uh, just because uh, there's just too much noise on Twitter for me. Uh, things like TikTok are like, uh, yeah, it's, it's amusing for about, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> and then I just like, oh, okay, that's just a, st a stupid, you know, animal video. I, I, I've got better things to, to tackle. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad idea. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe the mentorship needs to be, uh, like more focused, uh, and, and in certain areas, obviously like social media definitely applies, but, uh, you know, I think that there's value in also, how do I communicate with a millennial? Because I think, you know, people of my generation are having a tough time understanding what it is they need, or at least we may misunderstand what they need. So really, I mean, communication goes both ways. So I think it's not a bad idea, um, but it, it would definitely require some structure around it, I feel. So you yeah. can just put a, men a mentee and just, or a millennial just say, hey, go teach this guy how to use uh, Facebook. Like that would just be, I think, dangerous, so. Yeah, we have, um, so as part of our program, like I mentioned, we have a kickoff event. We try to include some professional development types of activities in those. So we've had speakers in that. And I and that it's interesting, uh, Michael, because um, we had one speaker who said, you know, a lot of people bring in these, these young minds that are straight out of school and, you know, they've got um, new ideas or they've got 
maybe a pulse on some things that you know we haven't been privy to, that kind of thing, and that we bring them into our workplace and we try to train them into doing what we do and we say this is how we do it and this is the way that you go about this. And, and she says, you know, you actually lose a lot of value doing that. Of course, you have to teach them how to be in the workplace. But, you know, you have these people who have just come out of school and you know, we've all had people who are trying to tell you to do something and you're like, oh, I've been doing this for a while. So I kind of get that. But right. at the same time, you know, sometimes we discount those opinions because, you know, we're supposed to be teaching them the ropes. And I and I completely agree. I mean, I think that's a really interesting point that that, that person raised. And that was the same thing that had happened in our in our session, which was that, you know, while you're teaching, don't discount that, you know, those people are coming in with some some new ideas and some new learnings as well. And so I think that could be a really interesting approach for sure. I, uh, I remember one of my uh, favorite moments was um, in my last job, there was a guy I recruited straight out of technical school uh, was not just working for me, but was I was mentoring him. And I would interrupt him all the time. He would talk and then I would interrupt him and then just launch into a tirade um, as the worst of mentors do. Um, and one one day, about two years in, I start launching into correcting him on something and he keeps interrupting me and then basically kind of pushes me aside, goes to a whiteboard and starts drawing. And I was like, oh, dear God, I am an ass. He is so... I just stop interrupting this guy because his interruptions are more valuable than yours. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if that's what people mean by reverse mentorship, but at that moment it really became a um, mentorship. Isn't just about teaching people or accelerating their career. It is uh, uh, about a dialogue about succeeding in our goals. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And you don't always control where that right answer comes from and just, you know, it's humbling that sometimes that comes from the person that you're supposed to be teaching, right? Well, I also, I also, I often, I also learned a lesson that day that um, there's a difference between teaching, coaching, and mentorship. Um, in the sense that I had to stop teaching and start listening more, because he had progressed to this point that the only way for him to achieve his goals was for, for me to listen with much more depth to see where he had gone. Mm -hmm. Because he was now taking leaps and strides on his own. Which is where you want to get people to. So it sounds like yeah. you did a good job mentoring him. Yeah. But see, then again, I mean, you know, that, that also helped you with some self-reflection, right? As a mentor. <laughs> so, I mean, you obviously got something out of it, right? So uh, I, cool. I learned to be less of a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you, you learned to, you know, take, take a step back and realize, oh, all of a sudden, my uh, my my Padawan has uh, you know uh, become an Obi Wan Kenobi and ready to be a master yeah. himself, right? So uh, sorry, I get I, I throw in the geek uh, references once in a while. So, uh, so so here's a here's a question uh, while while we have everyone here. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say that there is no formal program that you know maybe I'm in a totally different field. And I, you know, my network is just not in the same field. Like, you know, I, I took a subject uh, and I'm, you know, maybe I'm not even in a city where, you know, there's a whole heck of a lot of opportunities. Uh, what kind of advice would you impart uh, to, to a new grad in, in, you know, trying to either A, find a mentor or B, try to, um, I guess, get get started in that industry somehow? Um, 
Kristen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I The one thing I th think was really interesting, and I just wanted to bring that up about your question, is the, the location aspect. And I think, you know, especially you guys in, you know, the IT space, we all know that we've always had the capacity to um, share amongst, you know, you're not, we're not nearly as um, confined by our location as we used to be. But I think with, you know, everyone being at home and doing a lot more uh, digital, even us, you know, we, we're starting to offer like some of our, we've always been so city centric. And now, you know, we're advertising if we have an education session, it's being advertised, you know, to the entire uh, group, you know, across the world, it's the International Association. So we're uh, advertising on the international level. So I think when you say that, um, it's interesting because, you know, you're not nearly as confined uh, by your location. So if you find someone interesting who's not in your city, that's not the worst thing in the world either. But on top of that, your question about finding somebody, I think um, keeping your eyes open is a good thing. I think a lot of the times, you know, Michael said he's been um, taking part in a lot of webinars and such. You know, a lot of the times, I was just in a webinar the other day and I, at least a couple of the speakers said, you know, if you want to continue the conversation, you know, reach out to me, let's have a chat. And so maybe your mentor, it doesn't have to be someone that you now are meeting with once a week or you know, once a month forever, but you take people up on those types of opportunities. You know, a lot of the times you hear that and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, you want <laughs> you, whatever. Well, and, and you know, I, and sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be a jackass like Michael, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, you know, like, I think there's a lot of new grads that are, uh, especially uh, this new generation of uh, students that are graduating that are kind of stuck in this rut. They don't, they just don't know how to get started. And, you know, I, I actually have a friend today that I met this morning and I gave him the advice. I said, you know, what, what have you done? And he goes, well, you know, I've thrown out a hundred resumes, you know, I tried to network, but uh, you know, the, the people I networked with, they've gotten laid off. And I said, is that all you've done? And he goes, well, what else am I supposed to do? And I said, well, you know, honestly, uh, there's a huge thing called LinkedIn. And you know what, if you have not talked to a hundred strangers, that are in the field you're trying to get into uh, and hit them up and ask them, hey, I buy a and can I just pick your brain? Like, how mm -hmm. did you get into the industry? Like, how did you progress into it? How did you get to where you are? You know, all it takes is a half hour to really understand what how they got into the industry. And maybe, maybe you can learn something from them, right? Yeah. And I said, and again, like yourself, uh, Kristen, when, when you mentioned that, you know, we're not really constrained by geography these days. Uh, so really, you know, what's stopping you from, you know, reaching out to, you know, if you're a teacher, uh, a teacher that's, you know, maybe teaching in England or something, you know, and maybe they're, you know, passionate about history and English history is what you want to teach. So yeah. why would you not reach out to that person and ask them for the, for the advice? I would think human nature says that, you know, it's worthwhile asking. Cause I, if someone came to me and say, Hey, Moro, I'm looking to be an SE. I, I don't know how to get started. What do I need to do? Uh, what are the pitfalls? What are some of the shortcomings? But what are some of the benefits and you know the the aha moments that you've had? I, I'm more than willing to you know even a complete stranger, <laughs> you know yeah. if you've got the gumption to ask me, I'm willing to spend you know half hour of my time, an hour of my time, help you out, and you know maybe even if, if you were to ask me uh, in certain capacity, maybe I'll even you know be willing to mentor you in some way, right? For so sure. uh, I, I guess that's kind of my thinking as well, right? It's, you got nothing to lose uh, mm -hmm. other than, you know, shedding a little bit of humility, getting rid of a, a little bit of shyness and putting yourself out there and being just a little bit vulnerable, right? So. Oh, for sure. Well, and I mean, it's nothing but a compliment. If someone reaches out to you and says, you have a great resume or a exactly. like career, I mean, even exactly. if they don't have the time, it's nothing but a compliment. 
Exactly, exactly. So if anything, I, I want to point out to all you recent grads, if you think <laughs> all you can do is send out a resume and apply for jobs uh, cold, that's not the only thing you can do. There's a lot more you can do. Uh, there's a whole you know community. And again, Calgary in its entirety is a community. If you have not reached out to 100 people you know, in the last month, then you know, get started, right? Start with maybe even five people a week. Just you know, go on LinkedIn, find a person that's doing the job you're do, you're wanting to do, and maybe ask them, right? Just ask them for a half hour of time. Buy them coffee, buy them lunch, whatever. It'll be the cheapest investment you'll make, and you'll get so much benefit out of it. So, sorry, yeah, that's my and, diatribe. <laughs> and I would add that uh, you know, as established professionals. Um, you know, you might not be prepared to mentor others, but you can introduce younger professionals uh, or students to other people. And that's a really valuable thing to help them network. Uh, let's face it, we live, we work in a profession that's full of um, people who tend to be in, in, introverted. Um, <laughs> social anxiety is a common factor in IT. And so helping introduce people gives them more opportunities. And even if it's not mentorship, that's helpful. Um, Jason Lee, who's in our audience tonight, um, uh, he just got himself a job in cybersecurity. And, uh, you know, uh, I felt that one of the things I could do for him was introduce him here, there, and everywhere. Um, and then before you know it, he's developing his own uh, networking, just like the same way Mora was saying, reaching out to people, trying to get to know them. Um, it's a really powerful method. I agree. I agree. So uh, I think we're going to start to wrap up, but uh, there's one thing that I kind of skipped and I left for the end. Uh, and, and the reason why I did, because I, I wanted to give Kristen as much time as she could, she can, she can handle, or, you know, she would like <laughs> you to really talk about her organization that she's a part of. So it's IABC. So, you know, I, I know there's questions on our agenda that ask you, you know, what does IBC, IABC mentorship do? How do you apply and things of that nature? So I want to pass that uh, torch off to you, Kristen, and give you that time to just pump up IABC, describe what you guys do, how you apply, et cetera, et cetera. And just uh, and then, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll finish up. So. Okay, great. Thank you for the opportunity. So. I mean, I don't know how many communicators we have watching at the moment, but um, I would invite anybody to look into uh, what they have available to them with their community, because I know for me, uh, joining IABC has been absolutely uh, life-changing for my career. So it's the International Association of Business Communicators, and um, there are chapters all over the world and so um, we're here in Calgary. Um, there are nearly 100 chapters all over the world. So it's neat to be a part of a community that big. And as I mentioned, there are opportunities to network all over the world. But um, our mentorship program itself, as I mentioned, it's open now. Uh, it's open until Sunday. But you do need to be a member of IABC to be part of the program. Luckily, IABC, it's membership month right now. And so we're, we've been around actually for over... Uh, 50 years and so as part of that they're offering 50% uh, off of international dues so right now if you are ever thinking of joining would be a, a great time um, and so uh, but if you are interested in the mentorship program 
all the information is there that you guys are showing on the website there. You can apply to be a mentor. You can apply to be a mentee. There's a form that kind of helps you organize your thoughts about um, what you might be looking for in the program. But just in a general sense, I would really encourage if, if you are someone watching right now and, and you're interested in mentorship, maybe have a look at what's available to you within your profession. Because as I mentioned, it's, you know, you do meet some people in your day to day life, but I've had the opportunity to meet uh, all kinds of communications people across the city. And that networking opportunity has actually been really beneficial. So whatever uh, area you're in, I would really encourage you to see if there's an opportunity like that because um, it's it, it's really beneficial. And, and you know, within your friend group or, or whoever, you might not have all, all people who, I, I certainly don't have a lot of uh, people in my network personally that do the profession that I do. And so this has been a really great way to, um, to really just bounce ideas off of people um, because, you know, mentorship's important, but having peers to communicate with is, is also super important. So I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with, with you guys today about that. Yeah, no, uh, likewise, we, we appreciate you coming on, uh, on our show and, uh, appreciate you spending time out of your, uh, your, uh, personal schedule to, to talk about this, uh, this great topic. So, uh, so with that in mind, uh, I think we're, uh, we're on target, right, Michael, we, we've been trying to be on target so that we, we, we get our live streams within about the hour range. Cause sometimes we can go a little long. <laughs> uh, but with that, uh, I'm going to ask, uh, Kristen for, and I'll, and I do this from time to time with our guests and I ask for just one piece of advice or one, you know, golden nugget of something like, you know, to, to impart within, into our, um, to the, to the viewers about, uh, you know, maybe either a trying to find a mentor or why, you know, what, what they should be looking for in a mentor, but, uh, maybe just one little piece of advice to help, uh, that person kind of get ahead in their career. For sure. I'm just the one thing that I don't think I've touched upon that I just wanted to say is that I think that once you get into your mentorship partnership or or get with uh, find a mentor that you are looking to get information from, just be ready to let your guard down almost right away. Like I, I felt like in my first mentorship partnership, I, you know, you're a little bit anxious to show your work or to talk about things honestly. And I think the easier, the, the sooner you get down to business, the better off you'll be. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, honestly, I think that's, uh, again, we, we've, we've touched on it before in a, in a previous live stream, a part of being genuine, you know, it, if you can let your guard down and, you know, sh kind of show your true self with, with faults in, in, in hand, uh, I think people genuinely, you know, well, not just genuinely, but they appreciate it and they recognize it. And I think they gravitate towards wanting to help you because mm -hmm. you're just, you know, it's like, you're, you're kind of burying your soul. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, this is me. I'm human. I need some help. Uh, can you help me? And it's like, mm -hmm. yes, of course. Absolutely. Why wouldn't I help you? Right. So. Absolutely. Okay, Michael, we're just barely over. So yeah, if you want to start wrapping up. All right. Um, thank you so much. Kristen, hang around for a second. I'm going to take you and put you in the behind the scenes and we'll talk to you just after the live stream ends. Uh, Maura, we have a couple things to remind the audience of. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. When's our next live stream? Uh, I believe it's slated for, I think it's November 29th. So it's about two weeks from now. All right. Uh, do you remember the topic? Uh, not off the top of my head. 
ahead. Uh, sorry, I know it's because there's new scheduling and whatnot. Plus, we also have, uh, we're going to be at B-Sides Calgary. We're going to be doing a, a live stream through there. So uh, be prepared for that. That is sometime in November. I believe it's the second week of November. So we've got a few things on the go. So, uh, Yeah, the B-Sides thing's very exciting because you won't see us on the schedule. Uh, because uh, one of the sponsors decided not to use their sponsor slot to do a talk about their product. They wanted in the spirit of B-Sides to let it be community-led. And uh, I, that's Nahid is in our audience. Hello. <laughs> it's his idea. The man is a genius. And he said, hey, more on Mike. Do you want to take this? And we said, oh, my God. That is, so, yeah. that is a great yeah. idea. So I thought, yeah, we'll, we'll announce it. So we're, we are, uh, we're going to tackle the subject of explaining, uh, I think, risk, right? Or uh, trying to convey risk to uh, stakeholders so that they understand um, <laughs> essentially why or why not uh, they, they should do or take a certain path uh, that, you know, uh, that we might recommend. So, uh, and, uh, it's, it's also cool now I'm just rambling, but because the B sides organizers agreed to let us use our live stream platform to stream to their live stream platform, which I don't, uh, yeah, I agree. They're, I agree. They're, they're cool geeks. So, uh, <laughs> uh, we have a panel of really cool people, uh, uh, Debbie from the university of Calgary, uh, Andrew from, uh, Wawanese insurance and Doug from Little Potato Company, who are all amazing in their own right, and a very uh, diverse panel to help us figure out as technical people um, how to deal with the challenges of explaining threats and risk to non-technical people. Um, yeah. All right. With okay. that, let's uh, say good night. Moro, any parting words? Uh, you know what? If you haven't already, start researching about mentorship. And you know what? As always, stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. Oh, I cannot top that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. And until next time.